like a fetish club for your ears. Grab a hot drink and turn down the lights. Coming across the airwaves and into bedrooms everywhere, BDSM United is bringing you non-violent, consensual, kink education. This isn't for the kiddos or for the cookie-cutter conservative vanilla prunes. We'll be talking bondage, discipline, dominance, submission, sadomasochism, and more today on this BDSM United podcast. As we wrap up looking at the D in the our acronym, our BDSM acronym, in this series of the BDSM summer school series, we need to also consider correction and punishment. Like I said earlier in the series, a lot of emphasis has been put on correction and punishment and has kind of taken away from some of the other aspects some of the more important aspects of the D for discipline. Um, Now, correction and punishment are not just essential to dominance and obedience, but also to growth. We are all constantly evolving and growing as individuals. The more we grow, the more we find ourselves wanting to learn and experience. I am Primal Piggy. You can find me on Facebook at The Primal Piggy, all one word, or as an admin of a rather large Facebook page called Whips, Chains, and Duct Tape. You can find that page at WCDTBDSM. You can all find all of our resources at www.bdsmunited.com. Uh, If you're listening to this podcast on your favorite platform, be sure to leave a review to tell us the things that you like or dislike about our podcast. Maybe there's some things we could do better or change, and so we want to know. Um, Whether teaching someone from the beginning or practicing a day-to-day routine in in an already established relationship, the dominant needs to establish in the submissive's mind a mixture of reverence and obedience as well as a desire to be found pleasing and desirable to the dominant. There is such a thing as a healthy level of fear mixed with many other emotions that drive the submissive to want and to try their best to be obedient even when they don't fully understand their own feelings on what's being asked of them. Before we look at a few common tools of punishment, it's important to remember why we punish. It has three purposes in regards to a power exchange relationship. Uh, First, punishment is meant to serve as a physical reminder to correct incorrect or bad behavior. Second, punishment is not a reward. It's meant to encourage a submissive to not earn punishment in the future. And finally, punishment is meant to release the submissive of all the feelings of guilt and remorse over any offense that warranted the punishment in the first place. If a specific method proves to be ineffective, um, reconsider how the submissive is responding and come up with something that will be more effective. After all, punishment is not about taking out revenge or retribution on the submissive for failing the dominant. It's also not about a dominant just flexing their dominance. It's, it's about the teaching. It's about teaching the submissive to behave in an appropriate manner and cleanse them from past wrongdoing. 
Not all punishment must include physical pain or suffering. Oftentimes, the most effective punishment techniques are only painful to the submissive's heart and mind. Punishing a submissive emotionally will often be remembered much longer and do far more to correct the behavior than physical pain. While typically not seen as a tool for behavior modification, the collar itself is a psychological representation of the submissive's achievement of an important milestone that in some cases can represent a lifelong change in the submissive's life. Ownership denotes that the dominant recognizes the submissive's worth as a submissive, thus deserving of being owned by the dominant, as well as a sense of being found desirable by the dominant. The confidence and a sense of self-worth and desirability creates ties uh, that it creates ties in well with the trust dynamic, creating a foundation for success in any training the dominant chooses to take them through. So while a collar uh, is a symbol used by a dominant to express ownership, it has some benefits, uh, especially on the submissive in regards to their uh, their behavior and modifying their behavior because it puts them in a submissive mindset and wearing a collar is a, is a consistent, constant tool that, um, that, uh, or symbol that, uh, they can look at and feel on their body, uh, of that submissive mindset. Now there's a belief in, by many in our lifestyle that submission is 95% mental and 5% physical. And if we're working on that assumption uh, that this is true, it only makes sense that a dominant will eventually need to use physical restraint and or sensory deprivation techniques to push past the submissive's subconscious refusal to truly let go of old habits and fears. Uh, often one of these tools can be the difference between getting stuck in a perceived limitation, either physical or mental, and pushing past to a desired and successful result. Real change and enlightenment comes by helping the submissive let go emotionally and or psycho uh, psychologically to the dominance direction. Any, any movement, any devices that can uh, be used to restrain, hinder, or inhibit movement, as well as restrict sensory uh, perception, can be used to enhance a training experience for a submissive. So we're bringing this up. We're bringing up physical restraint, such as bondage and or sensory deprivation techniques, uh, you know, using those in, uh, in the life of the submissive to help change their behavior. Because uh, punishment is not just punishment, it's also correction. So we're talking today not just about punishment, but we're also talking about uh, correction. And correcting behavior uh, often does not, you know, necessarily always, uh, t always include punishments or doesn't always have to do with punishments. There's some aspects of, of this that, uh, that are corrective, that are preventative. And so a collar bondage, sensory deprivation are all tools that are preventative or are, are, are active at changing the behavior of a submissive and um, 
uh, allowing them to better trust the dominant and to uh, develop uh, the mindset of submission uh, so that, you know, behavior automatically begins to change. And, uh, and it's not always just uh, about rules and protocols being violated uh, or learned. So there are three ways to look at the use of pain as a productive tool to aid in a submissive's training. First, it's the obvious use as a punishment tool. Second would be a focusing tool. It, it's amazing what an occasional smack of a cane or a crop across the buttocks uh, or a hand or a foot can do to affect a submissive's performance of a task or routine. It can bring an immediate adjustment of attention to the task at hand. Uh, if, you're, uh, if your submissive has uh, a, an attention-type disorder or something that makes it difficult for them to be mindful uh, or to be present or to be focused, um, oftentimes that physical reinforcement can immediately snap them into focus. Uh, the third is as a tool to deepen the mental state of submission. This is especially useful with submissives that have a masochistic nature. Pain, when used properly, is an excellent focal tool for submissives that associate pain and submission as hand-in-hand. Hand. A fear of the dominance disappointment is also a powerful motivator. But fear of the dominance wrath is almost always more powerful. Um, respect is often a byproduct, byproduct produced by cause and effect when the dominant reinforces their words with action. Uh, failure should always equate to the dominance displeasure. Whether the fear of displeasure means physical pain or suffering on the submissive side as an end result is purely up to the dominant. I can tell you from uh, speaking with submissives that disappointment to their dominant is a very powerful motivator that combined with, uh, with uh, actions taken by the dominant uh, is very, very, very effective. The overall goal is to teach the submissive to obey as directed without question. Uh, if a submissive questions the dominant's ability to control them, the submissive is not likely to give any more than the dominant can take from them. In most cases, a submissive wants and needs to know that, uh, uh, that the dominant not only is in charge, but has no problem taking control and finding a way to make the submissive comply. Ultimately, the desired goal is for the submissive to find immense pleasure in complying simply because it pleases the dominant. And then this is something oftentimes that as a, in a power exchange we have to grow into. It's not necessarily something that is automatic. Um, oftentimes it, it does take some training or some time of, uh, of working uh, together uh, in your dynamic to achieve that goal through routines, rituals, uh, rules, protocols, and uh, following up with uh, rewards and consequences. Before we venture into sadism and masochism, 
in future podcasts, I want to point out what BDSM is really about. As Peter Masters puts it, the real point of BDSM is not about how many floggers you own or how many ways you can wield them or how many different types of rope you can have in your toy bag and how many different types of knots you can tie or about the wildly varying selection of candles which you have on hand to create trails of cooling wax on flesh. The actual doing is not why we are into BDSM. Uh, it is where it takes us psychologically, emotionally, and even spiritually. Indeed, it is actually about people. It is about us. It's not about floggers, rope, or wax. Isn't that a really comforting and kind of amazing uh, quote from Peter Masters that BDSM is ultimately about people? Uh, Masters goes on to point out the flaw that much of modern uh, the flaw of much of modern BDSM. Uh, he says uh, modern BDSM has drifted away from people and is instead moving towards things and the mechanics of things. Uh, hopefully, in our study of bondage and discipline over the last many podcasts in this series, you've seen us focus heavily on the power exchange relationships that truly make BDSM unique. Uh, we give priority to the people involved because BDSM is far more than just kink or sex. And for some people, um, BDSM is doesn't include any real kink or sex. Um, and so um, it doesn't it's not a necessary part. Uh, of BDSM. It's great when it's there for those who enjoy it, but for those who don't, it's okay when it's not. Bondage and discipline made it into the acronym because they're important parts of our relationships. And so that in the BDSM stands for bondage, discipline, sadism, and masochism. In our study so far, we've looked at the B for bondage, and we've talked about the mental and the physical bondage and how it relates to kink, but also, more importantly, how it relates to power exchange relationships. And now we've looked at the D in BDSM for discipline, and we looked at corrections and punishments in this episode. But in the past, we looked at uh, rituals and structure and protocol and routines and and service and training and you know rules we've looked at all different types of things that had to do with uh, with discipline we looked at hierarchy we looked at uh, uh its history where it came from that military uh mentality of hierarchy of uh, of um, commissioned officers and privates and corporals and all of those types of things and we see how they combine that with their erotic and their kinky play, and they combined it with their sexual activities that they enjoyed, and they came up with these power exchange relationships uh, and how they are uh, what truly sets BDSM apart from just the SNM. Uh, in future podcasts, we'll look at the last two letters. We'll look at the S for sadism first, and then the M for masochism uh, following that. Uh, you've been listening to BDSM United podcast in our BDSM summer school series. You can find me, Primal Piggy, on Facebook at The Primal Piggy, all one word, or at Whips, Chains, and Duct Tape at WCDT, 
BDSM. Look for me on YouTube. Um, you can find uh, some of the videos of our podcast. You can just search Primal Piggy, and I should come right up. And um, please leave us a review on your favorite platform. Uh, thank you for listening today. Before you go, head on over and visit our friend Nookie at datingkinky.com. She's been a longtime supporter and friend of whips, chains, and duct tape, and she's built a very inclusive service that is Dating Kinky. Built by kinksters, for kinksters, poly, queer, trans folk, and anyone not quite vanilla, and it's free. But also check out a Plus membership. It gives you access to nine books, three online classes, and over 250 webinar replays. That's nearly 400 hours of kinky education. Plus membership is an amazing deal. You also get access to amazing features like voice and video chat. That's datingkinky.com.